It's the rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff. It is Monday, August 8th. And officially, we are in fantasy football draft season. There's no doubt about it. I had a draft over the weekend in New York City, actually, for the Fantasy League experts. That was a fun one for sure. And maybe you haven't drafted just yet, but the time is now, man. The time is now. So today on the show, as you can see from the title, we're going to break down a team preview for the Ravens and the Bills, get you set up there. A lot of interesting players on both of those offenses. And uh, we'll continue to roll through these. We'll do two a day, at least. I may have to double dip. A couple days you might see two podcasts in your feed. But you know what? They're only like 20 minutes long, so what do you want from me? Uh, before I get into that, though, ftnfantasy.com. Promo code RATPACK will get you 20% off where you will get access to the most accurate rankings in the industry from 2021, I'm not just saying that. It's true. Look it up. Can it? No other site in the industry can say that. FTNFantasy.com can. Of course, access to projections as well. And if you want to step up and get the platinum subscription, not only will you get the rankings, projections, the two draft guides, but you will also get access to League Sync. You'll get access to the Discord chat where you can talk directly to me and the rest of the staff and our advanced stats and tools. Promo code RATPACK works for that as well. If you want to step up and get the DFS subscription along with the BETS subscription, to go along with that fantasy subscription, you get all access. All right, all access will get you access to all three of these sites at a big-time reduction in price, and the the promo code will work on that one too, so you get 20% off uh, if you use RATPACK for any FTN subscription. All right, let's get into it. The Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson may not have a contract extension, right? He is his own agent, after all. Who knows what's going to happen there? But we'll worry about that down the line if nothing gets done before the start of the season. It really doesn't impact us on the field. What impacts us on the field? Well, first and foremost, I mean, he is the best running quarterback in the league right now. And I don't think it is hyperbolic whatsoever to say He's the best running quarterback in the history of the NFL. Now, I know, I know, I know this will only be his fourth year as a starter, but he's automatic as a runner. And the team knows that there's a lot of design runs. This is not out him out there running for his life, scrambling like crazy. He's smart with how he avoids hits. There's a lot of things that work in his favor there, so I'm not really worried about that part. In fact, what I love about him as a runner is that gives him a really high floor. It does. And and the team is expected to lean more on that. They're expected to look more like they did in 2019 than maybe they did in 2021, which is a good thing for Lamar Jackson. Now, in 2019, he threw 36 passing touchdowns, which was extraordinarily efficient. I would not expect that efficiency. But let's be clear. He's a top five fantasy quarterback on my board. Now, if you went over to FTNFantasy.com and you read the draft strategy article that I put up, the Fantasy Football Draft Strategy Guide, where I break down all the strategies you could use and then how to use those strategies and the strategies that may not be the most advantageous as well, right? Well, one of them is drafting a quarterback early. And that is true in a super flex league. It's true in a one quarterback league. And unfortunately for me, Lamar is going to be drafted too early. But we can get access to Lamar with two other guys in the passing game. So let's start with Mark Andrews first and foremost, because he's coming off of 
a year where he did something rare. He finished higher than Travis Kelsey in fantasy scoring. Not many tight ends can say that over the last several seasons. He is one of the very few. It was the absolute high end of his spectrum for sure, but at the same time, he has been an excellent receiving tight end over the last three seasons. I know 2020 wasn't maybe an absolute standout year, but it was a tight end one year. He was still really good. And now with Marquise Brown out of the mix, he is decidedly the top target. Now I'll talk about wideout in a second. The challenge with Andrews. If he's going to go in the second round, I feel like that's a little dicey for me. But guess what? I've seen him go in the third round. I'll tell you why it's a little dicey for me. Because usually I'm coming out of the first two rounds. I will have a top 10 running back and then the top receiver on the board, whether I'm taking that receiver in the first round or second round. But what I have seen recently, and I feel more comfortable with that than getting a, a tight end in the second round. What I have seen recently, though, is Andrews has fallen to the early third. So if I'm picking, like, say if I'm picking second overall, and I go, uh, oh, well, man, I would like this start, but it's not going to happen. But here you go. Christian McCaffrey, that can happen. And then CeeDee Lamb. All right, CeeDee Lamb's probably not going to fall that far. Okay, fine. Then it's Christian McCaffrey, and maybe it's Debo Samuel, right? He has fallen that far. If it's not Debo Samuel, then maybe it's somebody like Mike Evans or Tyreek Hill. Let's, let's say it's Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill. If I went Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, and then I'm up at 3-2 and Mark Andrews is there, I'd have to think long and hard about not doing that. In the second round, I'm not doing it. In the third round, if he does fall that far, which he just did over the weekend in one of my drafts, I might do that. It's all about you know where you value these guys. So, uh, But for the most part, I don't expect that to happen, I don't, and I'm not always picking it second. So, uh, But he's phenomenal. He's in the big three conversation. It's Kelsey, it's Andrews, it's Kyle Pitts. Now, the other pass catcher that I'm very interested in is Rashad Bateman. I mentioned Marquise Brown is out of the mix, so that opens the door. It opens the door. Rashad Bateman, the door is open. And I honestly think that he is being undervalued by the masses. Now, is he a top 10 guy? Hell no. What are you smoking? No, of course not. Is he a top 20 guy? No. Is he a top 25 guy? Now, that's where I think the argument could be made. And really, this is a product of the fact that, look at this. You have Andrews there. Who else is catching the football? And I know they're extremely run heavy, but who else is catching the football? Seriously. James Prochet, Devin Duvernay. Sure, they may be making, you know, Prochet making making some plays in camp. Cool. Great. Duvernay uh, was, wasn't healthy initially. Now he's back on the field. All right, cool. I'm not worried about those guys competing with Rashad Bateman, who for me is kind of like a faster Keenan Allen, which that's high praise. So I have scooped up Rashad Bateman. Like if he's there in a fifth round, are you crazy? Now I wouldn't have both Andrews and Bateman. I don't want that correlation on my, my squad, but I've been scooping them up wherever I can. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, and there's nothing else to talk about at wide receiver. So let's go over to running back. As of this morning, J.K. Dobbins officially activated off of the training camp pup. Remember, that's called the active pup. You can come off of it at any point. It's not the NFL's regular season pup, which is called the reserve pup. That is a four-week or is it a four game? I get well, it doesn't matter. There's no bye weeks in the first month anyway. So four weeks, four games, doesn't matter. So he in theory, that could still be on the table. Like Chris Godwin is a good example. It'll be a while until I get to the Bucks, but Godwin right now barely started practicing, even though he avoided the pup, barely started practicing, and they're 
you know, they're kind of taking it day by day. I think we have to do the same thing with Dobbins right now and see how he looks in practice this week before we go any further. With that being said, here's the problem. He is in the dead zone of running backs for me. So typically where he's going, third, fourth round, maybe even fifth round, but probably won't now that he's off the pup. Third or fourth round, it's just, you know, that's not the range where I typically am looking at running backs. If I'm going zero RB, then I'm certainly not looking at him. And if I'm punting my second running back spot, hero RB, whatever you want to call it, I'm not going in that range too. So it's a tricky spot. Uh, really what puts a cap on Dobbins is the fact that he shares the backfield with Lamar Jackson. We saw Mark Ingram have a very good year a few years back, but that was an extremely high touchdown efficiency year, which you just can't ex- expect out of uh, out of anybody. You know, it's not a knock on Dobbins. Love him as a player, but I still think he's an RB2, and I have him as a back-end RB2 in the updated rankings at FTNFantasy.com. As of right now, Gus Edwards is not off of the pup, so the backup would be Mike Davis. There's not much appeal to Mike Davis. I think we know that finally, but just in case. All right, let's move over to Buffalo. Josh Allen is phenomenal. Like, phenomenal. He's insanely good. He has a, a cannon of an arm. Absolute whip. It would not surprise me at all if he tops 5,000 yards in this season or one of the next few seasons. It would not surprise me at all if he goes out and has a 50-touchdown season through the air. But he also is a modern quarterback in that he's not just going to throw. Like This is a guy who can he can rush for 600 yards, 700 yards. I mean, easily. He could rush for anywhere from 6 to 10 touchdowns. Like, he is phenomenal. He is, if you were to build in a lab the perfect fantasy football quarterback, it's Josh Allen. The problem is everybody knows it. He's been the number one fantasy quarterback in each of the last two years. So in a one-quarterback league, he may go in the second round. He's not lasting past the third round. And in a lot of home leagues, it's really the second round where he's going to go. Too early for me. In a one-quarterback or a two-quarterback Superflex League, he's going to either be the first or second player taken. Like, if, you, if somebody goes Jonathan Taylor first overall, then Allen's going second. But in most instances, Allen's the first player taken in those drafts. So either A, if you don't have the first overall pick or second overall pick, you don't have a shot at him in that format. Or B, you know, if you are in that range, you can make a ground at quarterback without taking Josh Allen. You can. I tell you how to do it in that draft strategy article. So... He's so good that it almost makes him undraftable for me, which I know, all right, you're going to argue, I know there's a couple people who are going to argue with me on Twitter about that, at Jeff Ratcliffe. Go ahead and argue. But what I'm saying is it just doesn't fit in the strategy, and it sucks. I hate that. I really do. Because I love Josh Allen. Now, I am lucky I have him on one dynasty roster, so I at least get a piece of Josh Allen that way. And you better believe that in best ball, I draft, I'm i about 35% exposure on Josh Allen. I drafted his rear end a, a lot. So I have that. There's ways to get exposure to players without having them in, in redraft leagues. So there's that. But um, yeah, that's where I am on Josh Allen. Here's like, like I said with Lamar, though. We can get a piece of Josh Allen without having Josh Allen. And the easiest way to do so is either you're picking in like the early second and you draft Stephon Diggs. Or you take Gabriel Davis, and you're going to take him several rounds later. Like I'm ranking Davis Davis at 27 among wide receivers. So, you know, we're getting you're about like fifth round, roughly fifth round value on him, which is fair. I would take him in the fifth round if I if you know he's the top guy on my board at wide receiver. 
no problem taking him there. Davis is unproven. We, Diggs, is, Diggs is proven. Triple-digit catches each of the last two years. Double-digit touchdowns last year. He is the clear-cut number one receiver in one of the most explosive offenses in the league. So no worries about him. Davis, unproven, right? He's been the number four in each of the last two years on this team, the number four receiver. Now he's moving up to the number two spot. Yes, we do know what his ceiling looks like because he showed us in that Kansas City playoff game last year where he accomplished the Al Bundy-like feat of scoring four touchdowns in a single football game. Incredible. The upside is there. But what, what does he look like in this role? Now, I'm not saying bad, and I'm not saying good. What I'm saying is these are questions that we should ask when we evaluate players. Sometimes at this time of year, fantasy drafters tend to see all the upside and ignore the downside. We have to put it all into the formula when we evaluate players. So that's why I'm ranking him where I I, I have him. He's a front-end wide receiver three. In that, I'm not saying I think he's going to finish as the number 27 wide receiver. This dude could be top 15. He could also be outside of the top 40. Like that range of outcomes is all baked in to his ranking. So that's where I am on him. Don't get me wrong. I like him. I do. But I'm going to rank, I'm going to draft him at appropriate value. Uh, Let's talk. I mean, after that, you have, you have Jamison Crowder there. You have Isaiah McKenzie. You have Khalil Shakir, the, the rookie. McKenzie's getting some buzz. It would not surprise me, though, if there's a little bit of a, a kind of a committee as the, the number three target, it'll sort of bounce back and forth between McKenzie and Crowder if Crowder can stay on the field. So not a ton of value there. Uh, more value probably with Dawson Knox, who is a solid back-end tight end one. Like my expectations for him, he's a slightly better than three for 32 guy. Uh, I actually haven't pro- projected basically as a three for 32 guy, but the benefit to him is he could score six, seven touchdowns. Remember, three for 32 guys, they are guys who are going to frustrate you. If they score six times, that means there are six weeks in the season where they are good fantasy options and 11 times in the season where they're not because three for 32 ain't going to do much for you for fantasy. Three for 32 and a touchdown will, and that's about what he is, so just keep that in mind. He's not really been a target of mine. Uh, he's after the tight end wheelhouse, and, and he's before the upside late-round tight end guys, so that's where I am on him. Backfield. All right, so they drafted the rookie James Cook, who is very similar to his brother Dalvin Cook, except just a little slighter in terms of his build, so he profiles more as a passing down back. I like James Cook as a zero RB or punt RB2 middle-round target. I actually grabbed him over the weekend. Passing down chops for sure. He kind of, honestly, it's like, yes, he looks like his brother, but in a lot of ways he reminds me of Alvin Kamara coming into the league. That's that's the the vibes I get off of him. So I'm willing to take that shot. I, we know he's going to be using the passing down, in passing down situations from the gate. Sean McDermott's already raved about that. The question is, will there be more? Now, I don't expect him to be a 15 to 20 carry a game guy, but if he's like a three to five carry a game guy, there's a big difference than if he's like an eight to 12 carry a game guy. I don't expect that right away, though, because as of now, it seems Devin Singletary would be the early down guy, and somehow Zach Moss is holding on by a thread to the number three job. We saw what Singletary was able to do down the stretch last year, but I'm not going to get too carried away with him. Yes, he may have helped you, on your way to a fantasy championship, but his overall fantasy profile is capped. Like the team has made it abundantly clear that they do not want a three down back in that backfield. 
They want the work distributed. And that's why at first they, they tried to sign J.D. McKissick, and that didn't work out. He ended up going back to Washington. Then they signed Duke Johnson, all right, whatever, and drafting Cook. Cook is going to have that role. So that means, you know, what are you expecting from a, a target basis for Devin Singletary? Right now I have projected at 30 targets, 23 catches. That's just not enough. So, yeah, I mean, if I had my choice right now, I'm drafting. I, I did this weekend. I took Cook over Singletary because I would rather draft for the ceiling. So that's kind of where I am with that. All right, so there you go. Ravens and Buffalo Bills. Up next, we'll do the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears. Some interesting teams, maybe not the best teams, but even on bad teams, there's plenty of fantasy potential. Remember, you can follow along with me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. And head on over to ftnfantasy.com. Sign up now for a subscription and use that promo code RATPACK, R-A-T-P-A-C-K, for a 20% discount. Use it, man. Abuse it. Use the promo code, man. All right. I will catch you on the flip side for another edition of the Pod Team Previews. Roll on, baby. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.